really where the pain comes for the agency actually is this idea of having two clients he's terrified because he's terrified yeah. around the the language that is going to be used is going to be around savings and rebates and 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 kind of the commercial aspects of kind of media Hello from New York. Greetings from London. Right, we're going back to perhaps a well-trodden path here because we're going to talk about procurement and their role in media. Uh, and it looks like maybe that's changing. There's been lots of discussion over the years about the role that procurement play uh, in media. So let's have a look into that. So mate, what is going on in media procurement? Well, procurement have had a bad rep for decades, uh, especially within the agencies. They've been accused of pushing the agencies down on fees, they've been accused of over-commoditizing media pricing looking for savings and that, that has damaged kind of media productivity, right, as far as, as, as many agencies are concerned and that may be the truth. However, when procurement get it right, and we've had a number of examples of our clients where uh, media specialists have worked really collaboratively with their procurement counterparts, the impact can be immeasurable. Um, and, and so we're going to talk about uh, the power of procurement, seeing media as a, as a lever for growth and driving value and growth out of that media investment rather than seeing it as a, as a cost to be managed down. So what are the implications? Well, we'll look at the implications, maybe the firstly look at the implications of not doing it, which is perhaps unfairly some of the bad rep that you've talked about, um, you know, pinned onto procurement when it comes to media. And uh, the, what this feels like for an agency, like when you have a heavy handed cost kind of obsessed or, you know, price saving uh, obsessed procurement colleague to your marketer client, yeah. it feels like you have two clients because you often you're in conversation with the marketer yeah. uh, and their focus is on growing their business, growing their brands and they're the, one that, they're the ones that issue the briefs, you know, saying we want market share or we want, uh, we want sales growth or brand equity scores up. But on the other side, then you have a separate conversation with their procurement colleague who in some cases is saying, that's great, let's deliver that, but we need to find 8% cost savings this year. Yeah. And that puts the, the, the agency often in a tricky position. And that's why, uh, you know, historically they push back on the role of procurement because they feel commoditized by that. Really where the pain comes for the agency actually is this idea of having two clients. Um, and that has been accentuated over the years. If you look at most of the agency holding companies, uh, we've talked about this before. Essentially, the, the buying bit, the stuff that's really delivering to procurement has been separated off yeah. into these separate buying units, right? So if you look at, we'll use WPP as a kind of common example, right? Because they were really the first to do that uh, in, with any kind of significant scale. Is they took all the buying out of the agencies like Mindshare and Mediacom um, and moved them into this unit Group M, which we're all familiar with. And that is an aggregated buying unit. And really that was just delivering on a promise to procurement, right? Which was to leverage their scale to reduce cost. Yeah. And they maintain those other agency brands essentially to serve the needs of the marketer, which is to have great talent and tools and insight uh, and planning yeah. uh, to help 
drive the growth of the business. And in some senses, those two units, you know, when they're separated off are in conflict as well. So, and we, you know, we'll link maybe to some previous, maybe we'll link to our WPP playbook because that kind of lays out really what that, what that kind of issue is. Um, so when it doesn't work, the agency feels like they're serving two masters and often in very, very different ways, right? You can't necessarily grow the business by constantly reducing costs. It has to be seen as an investment. So there's a tension within a lot of marketing organizations between marketing, marketers and the procurement colleagues. That's where it doesn't work, okay? And it creates uh, some massive kind of structural, structural issues and it makes it incredibly hard for the agency to kind of make impactful work. Where it does work, is, uh, is quite transformative yeah. because you can imagine a huge weight lifted away from the agency. And this is not about prices going up. It doesn't mean that when procurement stop asking for, for savings that prices necessarily go up, but the agency honestly are more likely to be recommending and buying the right things to grow the business. If you just keep asking them for cost savings, the temptation is that they're just gonna give you the cheaper and cheaper and cheaper stuff. And that may not align with what the planners in the agency are trying to recommend to serve the needs of the marketer. So that's the big implication. The other, the other implication internally for the marketing organization uh, is that what we found in, in some extreme examples is that the marketers obviously report maybe in through a CMO who may be represented at the board level, hopefully, and the procurement are, uh, reporting through a chief procurement officer or CFO, and often their agendas don't even meet yeah. really until it gets to board level. Uh, and that's a problem for the business and it can create a very siloed mentality. It can create tension and it can create sort of competition, often unhealthy competition within, within the business and doesn't align the company around a single, a simple agenda, which is why are we spending media money? Well, what we're doing is we're investing in growing our business and our brands. And if everyone's aligned with that, then that would be a much better thing. So I normally ask you, what should marketers be doing? But I mean, we're talking here about procurement, but maybe talk more broadly. What should advertisers or brands be doing right now in this respect? Well, I think the most important thing that marketing organizations to do is align on one set of consistent strategic KPIs that both marketing and procurement functions work together on. Uh, where there is the greatest dysfunctionality and the greatest conflict is when media or marketing KPIs conflict with the KPIs that are set for the procurement teams. So eliminate that. Make sure that you have a higher set of strategic KPIs for media yeah. that you have both marketing and media invested in. So that's the first thing. Point them in the same direction. The second thing is... Um, you need to make sure that there is a greater sense of collaboration internally. If that requires setting up a, of a council whereby marketing and procurement leaders can get together and align on the right agenda, align on the right narrative internally, again, framed within these KPIs, then that will uh, enable greater collaboration and, 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 and ways of working between the two functions. And then the yeah. third. And we've thing. seen that we've seen that work really well, haven't we? In a few yeah. brands where they've brought, they've created a council, you know, maybe ten or twelve members from across an international organisation, a mixture of different geographies, but also a blend of marketing and procurement. Yeah. Uh, and it's the it's a great forum for them to find alignment themselves. It is. It is. They they learn from each other, and the value that they both add is exponential. So that kind of really works. 
And then the third thing, which I think is, is often overlooked, but equally as important, is you need to kind of merchandise this smarter way of working between marketing and procurement to your external partners. So often when an agency leader sees a procurement leader walking in the, the door of his agency, he's terrified because he's terrified yeah. around the, the language that is going to be used. It's going to be around savings and rebates and, and, and kind of the commercial aspects of kind of media. Now, if you can reframe that narrative, that language to make it about growth and value, then the agents, your agency partners will, will embrace procurement and it will become a far more uh, richer relationship. So, so making sure that, that you know, the merchandising of, of this collaboration is done not only internally but also externally is, is really important. Yeah, yeah, very good. And I mean, it just in terms of specific advice for procurement, if they will indulge us for a second. So because we've, we've observed some, some kind of good evolution, if you like, of the procurement role, and there's been re recent talk in the industry, notably at ProcureCon as one of the kind of conferences for the procurement community, um, you know, thinking about how to rebrand or reposition marketing procurement as these stakeholders for growth. It's not going to be easy. But our advice or contribution to that is, you know, we talk a lot about this idea of there being false bottoms on costs, right? Uh, the idea being, and what that means is that there is no kind of cheapest possible price in theory, uh, in practice, because when you go to an agency, let's say one of the large media buying agencies, and you say, can you beat this other agency's cost? Or you go to your existing agency saying, can you reduce the, the cost? They'll find a way, and typically, and they're trying to be helpful, and they'll find a way to answer that request, uh, either by just finding you cheaper and cheaper media, which carries the risk of, you know, in digital carries a huge increasing risk, the cheaper you go, of that being counterfeit or non-human traffic. That's one kind of issue. So pushing for cost creates you know, bad media results. That's, that's just a, a, an absolute fundamental. It's pushing below what would be a reasonable cost. So that's what we call that kind of false bottom. I think that's the end of the road for that, for, in terms of procurement's role pushing on costs. Um, there's not much further you're gonna go. And you've gone below, probably below the floor uh, of what is reasonable in asking for competitive prices. If you keep asking for cheaper, you're going to get cheaper. And that just means really, really poor quality or even non-existent. Uh, so you're kind of, you're fooling yourself and you're fooling your, your company into believing that you have success because you don't. Uh, and businesses that are seeing kind of flat line or stagnant growth, in, particularly in CPG categories, this could be one of the reasons, right? Is they've over-invested in trying cheaper and cheaper, trying to leverage their volume into buy cheaper and cheaper stuff, it's just stuff that doesn't have an impact on the business. So reset, got to reset those KPIs. So I think it's the end of the road for kind of marketing procurement pushing on cost. Uh, now, what does that mean? What, then what do they do, right? What are you going to do as if you're a marketing procurement specialist or media procurement specialist? Well, we're seeing the good ones actually kind of reframing their role with some upskilling, which I think is really good. So the, the good ones that we see uh, are... Uh, learning particularly in the digital media buying arena, okay, for two reasons. One is it's an area of specialism and they need that devoted specialism, which is really helpful. So take some time to really understand the supply chain there and have a point of view on it, okay, and from multiple sources. Not, I mean, ask your agency, but don't just ask your agency, ask around. Um, and build your knowledge and your skills in that area. 
And secondly, ultimately that leads to potentially where your company is looking to take more control of some of those decisions. It makes sense for procurement to have a really, you know, to be a very powerful, if not the lead stakeholder, if your company is ready eventually to take on more buying function, it makes sense that sits within procurement. So this whole idea of in-housing, which I know is overblown and overstated uh, at the moment, but it's probably a trajectory or a trend uh, which will continue, albeit slower maybe than we're anticipating. Uh, it makes sense for procurement to be you know, leading the charge on that. Uh, you know, the word procurement like lends itself to the entire media buying function. Hiring an agency, an agency performs a procurement function. Um, so to take a slightly elevated and higher position on that, I think is a really good opportunity for those marketing procurement that feel like they're stuck on a bit of a dead end on commoditization. Okay, good week four. Good week for Arthur Sadoun and Publicist Group, who uh, mm -hmm. secured, finally, the acquisition of the data agency Epsilon uh, to the tune of $3.9 billion. I think it's the third largest acquisition in kind of marketing agency media history. That's a massive, massive play by Publicis. Uh, it goes to show that the, the future of the agencies uh, is going to be, or the, the way that agencies are going to differentiate themselves in the future is going to be around two things. It's going to be around talent and it's going to be around data. And, uh, you know, publicists have made a, a big, big bet on that. So he'll be delighted. Uh, now we need to see how it rolls out in, uh, in, in, in real time, if you like. See, I'm, st I'm still on the fence on that. I'm not convinced that these billion dollar bets on data businesses are necessarily where media agencies should be going. But we will see. Uh, I think there are headwinds, particularly in regulation. We're seeing it uh, in the US here, and I know that that's going on in, in the UK. The ICO just published a report kind of really calling into question data management uh, practice. It's a big, big bet. So good that they've concluded it as part of his strategy. Uh, I'm not convinced they're going to see the money back. We'll see. Tom, it's been a bad week for... Well, it's been a bad week for Accenture, the consulting giant. So we've spoken a lot about Accenture before. They are growing at a pace. Their agency business, the uh, Accenture interactive business is, is booming. Um, but this story concerns a, actually a very small little part of Accenture that maybe lots of people in Accenture don't even know they have, which is the Accenture Media Services, which sits, I think, under their kind of operations division. And it's a media auditing business. They acquired a media auditing firm, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago, um, and grown that into a, a kind of global player to, a, to rival Ubiquiti, who's, who's one of the market leaders in, in the traditional audit space. The Accenture Media Auditing business is just now facing a massive challenge. Uh, they, WPP, uh, obviously, we know that they're one of the largest media buying firms in the world, uh, and one of the largest ad groups. In a leaked email found by uh, Seb Joseph at Digiday, who wrote a really interesting piece, suggesting that WPP were going to refuse to participate in any media auditing performed by Accenture and in any pitches, competitive pitches performed by any Accenture division, uh, which is run by this kind of little auditing piece. That's a big big worry, I think, for Accenture's media auditing business. WPP's accusation is that 
that is a conflict of interest at the same time while Accenture are trying to essentially build a, an agency to rival WPP because the media auditing and the pitch business is requested by clients to go look under the hood of WPP's agencies and they'll get visibility of the team, the talent, the processes, the technology, and more importantly, the pricing or the prices that WPP pay for media. And, and WPP are saying, we refuse to allow Accenture now to keep looking uh, at, at that stuff. So they're gonna to refuse to participate. Ultimately, it's gonna come down to the advertiser, uh, whether they ask Accenture to run pitches or run audits, if it won't include WPP, that's a decision to make. Uh, I'd expect they're probably not publicly, but other agency holding companies, um, you know, we hear, we hear informally from them, but nothing publicly feel the same that WPP do, that Accenture's media auditing service is a conflict of interest whilst they're building uh, an agency business. Okay, so just finally, I think there are probably two implications to this, which we'll keep an eye on. Firstly, I think it's probably or possibly the beginning of the end of Accenture's media auditing business. Uh, if this gathers steam and other agency groups refuse to take part, I think that's, that's, that's gonna be the death knell. Uh, but it's a tiny part of the Accenture business, and I don't, probably a rounding error, frankly, and I don't think that they'll, they'll uh, worry too much about closing that down eventually. Secondly, I think, unintentionally, WPP's challenge of Accenture uh, uh, has revealed, I think, that they see Accenture Interactive as a threat to their business, which in my mind, I think, we can say that officially anoints Accenture Interactive as one of the major global advertising uh, power, powers now. Uh, to rival WPP, Omnicom and Publicis and the others. I think this is, we can officially say that they are an agency business. If WPP are making policy, which accuses them of conflict of interest in the agency business, then I think we consider uh, Accenture now an agency and not a media auditor. Okay, before we go, question of the week. Uh, can marketing procurement reposition itself as a partner in growth? Yes, no, whatever. Good. Uh, well, that's your media snack for this week. Thank you very much for watching. Bye for now. See you next time.